Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And it is October. Maybe you heard our last episode where we talked with Sean and Richard from Black Leather Jesus and discussed a bunch of horror movies. Uh, That was a blast, and I think we've all been in a horror zone as the uh, weather chills down and the, I don't know, are there leaves on the fronds fall off the palm trees? (laughs) That's really chilled down and there's no fronds falling, but it's fallen our minds. It is in our home. We keep the blinds completely closed. We have the lighting we have the sense of the season going. So we, it is fully October. Sense of burning woods and cinnamon. It is October at Halloween season. Absolutely. And we like to keep it in theme for October. I think last year we did the Aghast CD. Yeah. Oh, that's great. We've listened to that several times this week, actually. Certainly. It's been really nice. But today we picked what I think is also a very appropriate Halloween time album. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Curse of the Scarecrow by Megaterra. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. On release, our second CD on the release imprint. We did the Broom Normal CD. Yeah, I love that CD. And now we're on Curse of the Scarecrow. Oh, boy, what a disc. It is so incredible. Loved Excited it. to discuss it, but Amazing. before we discuss it, of course, we have to talk about some recent listening. So, Gray, what have you been listening to? Oh, man. A lot of stuff. I mean, we've been doing a lot of interviews, so the recent listening discussion hasn't really been happening as much. I could list been a, been a, a hundred things because I've been here at home listening to noise constantly, but I narrowed it down to okay, a couple do things. Okay, do it really fast. 100. Um, I didn't write 100. them all down. <laughs> I could probably list a hundred things. Uh, but... I uh, will just go through these in order and a little quick blurb on them. Uh, I listened to Polar Mold Mentis, which uh, some people may be familiar with from the Lust Vessel label out of Japan. Meat Chamber, after all, and Desperate in Nirvana, two tapes, one of which is single-sided. It's uh, mid-range howling feedback, junk noise, loud sounds, quiet. Uh, would make sense uh, as a Mother Savage tape or something. Just really, really good. Excellent design by Lust Vessel. Wish that label were still pumping out stuff um that and uh meat chamber after all brings me to (laughs) another release which i picked up which is definitely uh fits right in in october and if you're trying to have a morbid atmosphere around your place you probably need jacob kierkegaard's opus moore's 4lp set uh eight lp sides of beautiful meditations on death Via site and activity specific recordings, one LP is a recording of two different morgues. One LP is a recording of an autopsy recorded up close and is absolutely uncomfortable uh, hearing what a body goes through <laughs> when you're done using it. Gross. Uh, one, so, or one record is recorded in a crematory oven. And uh, with with various mics placed in on and around the oven, and one record was recorded at a, a forensic anthropology site or like a body farm where they they like test the effects of uh, they research what happens to uh, decomposing corpses. So it's recordings uh, of microphones hung like directly over decomposing bodies. 
Um, it is a really, really heavy listen, really beautifully presented in a black box, and it's like 100% an October record. I mean, you can listen to it anytime, but, you know, if you want to throw on Death Odors, if you want to throw on whatever, this is like some real Death Odors and the ambiance, like the you, morgues, ooh, sound good. Do you get the escaping corpse gas? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what I'm hearing because there's no visual along with it, but uh, oh. it's uh, it's enough to make me feel certain things. Wow. <laughs> um, and I got the uh, new House of Raphna record. Uh, we did a, a seven inch by them for the Patreon seven inch Sundays. Uh, Ash, it is the best and most downer House of Raphna I've heard in a while. It's more industrial and miserable as opposed to some of the slightly more uh, like minimal way of leanings that they have sometimes. Really, really good. Have listened to it repeatedly, and it's it's a stunner. Um, Aaron Dillaway, Robert Terman, and John Weiss uh, recorded, well, put out a CD on Helicopter and Tronics that is, uh, first track is Dillaway and Weiss, and second track is all three of them, and it's really good. And every time I pop it in or like I left it in the car for a minute, every time I get back in the car, I'd be like, damn, this is so good. What is it? And then it would click like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, it's this new CD I just put in. I love it when that happens. Like, yeah, these are uh, three people like I've released stuff by and <laughs> communicate with. And it's nice to hear something and have it just completely take you out of like, oh yeah, this is, you know, sometimes you put on a record and you know what you're getting and you know the sounds and you know the person. So it, it has a different level to it. And this is kind of removed from that in that everyone's working in these different ways and it all comes together to make a really, it's a really cool release. Uh, highly recommended. And uh, I think it was actually announced uh, last week, the OVMN Throbbing Pulse reissue on Tronics. Super nasty, super heavy, uh, crusty, harsh noise. And yeah, sounds good. Originally on SE Productions. And then uh, the Atrax Morgue Mortar Machine box set Old Europa did, which is like reissues of Death Show, which I have my original like A5 thing, but it's nice to have it all in one package. A reissue of the first tape, Happy Birth Death, uh, a cassette of some unreleased material, a CD of unreleased material, and a DVD of Atrax Morgue live performances, which, I mean, if, if that doesn't, it's like horror movie and autopsy footage on the screen behind him and in one of them he's got a black leather trench coat and sunglasses on and he's just looking cool and and like just like absolutely he's he is in his own world performing and it's so cool to see because it's like i don't know they're they're like anti-shows he'll just like lay on the floor and do vocals into it and like nothing's happening and it's it's awesome it's very atrax morgue um, wow. well i think we i think everyone knows how the three of us feel about atrax morgue a so. thousand percent and feel uh, really good about him <laughs> and then i watched uh this my name is nobody documentary series thing which i wouldn't normally mention a thing i watched so much but uh it's on Stephen Petrus and Murderous Vision. It's like a 45-minute uh, interview mm. overview of Stephen's stuff. Or they they actually pronounce it Petrus in there, and so maybe I've been pronouncing his name wrong for 20 years. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> um, and it's just really cool. It's just, uh, you know, like two friends uh, chatting about his kind of work and, and career. And uh, I don't know, he's been doing death industrial noise related activities for 26 years i think so it's pretty uh, it's nice it's a nice overview uh, i'll link to that in the the uh, description yeah, I of this see episode that. That's awesome. yeah it's Great very idea. cool and then 
I got a couple things noise related that aren't music or videos, and that would be I got the uh, Rumors of Noizu by Kato David Hopkins, which is the new uh, book he wrote about Hijo Kaiden and sort of the beginnings of uh, Japanese noise culture. And mm-hmm. awesome. I have, I've like skimmed. I haven't even delved into it yet. There's some cool flyers. It's written in English. Uh, all the words I've heard from people so far are great, and I'm looking forward to diving into it. As are we. Yeah. I know our copy landed with yours. Yes, so. it did. <laughs> got, got a couple copies here. Looks great. It was designed by uh, Ono Masahiko, Solmania. So yeah. cover looks great. And then uh, his design. Also got the beautiful John Duncan and Jonathan Kennedy collab book, uh, which is this like beautifully Ooh. hardbound foil embossed book of song lyrics and dream poetry. And the dream poetry stuff is all written in Duncan's blood. Uh, it scans of the you know original sheets. The whole book is not written in his blood. That would be really, really out there. <laughs> That'd be wild. Um, having seen some of Duncan's work, I've seen stuff that uses uh, bodily fluids in person, and so I can imagine <laughs> how these how these look. Uh, it always I smells can, better when it's not written in actual bodily fluids, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kennedy reinterpreted some sketches that Duncan had made, so it's got like full art by Jonathan Kennedy. Really nice book. Uh, I'll put a link to that awesome. in the description too. Really cool object to have Please if do. you have an interest in John Duncan and if you don't you should get an interest in John Duncan because his work is really awesome and inspiring well I would hope that any listeners would heed our advice on our dark market broadcast exactly episode. oh my exactly. god yes and uh, again there's a million more things and I'm sorry for stuff that is like I, I should list that's new and out and I'm forgetting about because I've gotten a lot of cool packages from friends and a lot of great stuff's been released, but it's this could take all day. So, <laughs> I mean, really, the stack of stuff is just growing. Uh, Connelly's, what's been in your ear holes? Well, speaking of really cool stuff by friends, we can finally... Oh my Say god! How much we enjoy the new hive mind. Oh wow! Uh, it's, it was difficult we, keeping that cat in the back. We hinted at it I, yeah. all year. I mean, <laughs> well, you guys heard it really just kept early. Waiting on. and we waiting heard it very early on, but 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 we we can actually state that we've heard it. It is wonderful. We and have heard the illusion alarms. It's perfect for this time of year. So mm-hmm. make sure. Get in there, get that LP. There's also on CD. Currently, we only have the CD, which of course is a okay by us. Wonderful but of course, we format. Have the, Love we, that we format. We of course have the special edition on the way. But yeah, hey man, it's great. You should be psyched Thanks. and psyched that it is finally available for everyone's ear holes. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of that one. I, I won't even uh, hesitate to say it. It's uh, a little different. And uh, put a lot of work into it. And actually, a suggestion that uh, you made wound up on the record. I don't know if you remember. I do. <laughs> yeah. I do. And so I do. It's uh, again. It's uh, kind of remember. It's, it's a great. Again, it's something that we did discuss with with Dom and the episode. Just the idea of you know uh, um, constructive criticism from someone you trust can only help improve your art and your and your album and you trusted us to give give a little input and uh you know glad glad to hear that it helped so Mm -hmm. it's a fantastic album everyone grab it yep if you haven't already 
And then leading up to this episode, we were going through some of Megaptera's discography. Mm -hmm. The Disease album. The live album is really cool. All all of the all of the albums, uh I say his, it's obviously it's gone through multiple people uh at, at times. Currently, you know, Peter yes. uh, is the you know, is the focal point, but all of the Megaptera albums, or at least a good a good a good amount of them. Actually I don't think every single one, but a good amount of them are up on his band camp. So we will make sure to link to that as yeah, well. Yeah, it's still a beefy, beefy band camp. Which live one did you listen to? The horse and live. the eye is part of the art or a different thing? Oh no, it was from ninety five. Oh, okay. Oh great. Yeah. It is that, is that the one that li- that one the live one, the horse and yeah, the, the eye. one that Cloyster did is an LP and C D and it's it's really awesome also. Uh I mentioned that in a recent listening, you know, I don't know, months ago. I remember. Um, no, I remember when yeah. you mentioned that because that title's so crazy. And I listened to Disease as well leading up to this. That was the first one that I had heard, and I've always liked the cover of the original edition. I think I got a CD reissue a few years ago also. Uh and I've always it's one of those things. I guess we can just dive on into the world of Megaterra, yeah. the samples. And that one's got, I've, I think we talked that I, I watched Exorcist three and I don't think that I'd ever so seen good. it, which is a shame. Cause I love Brad. Isn't Dorf. it great? Exorcist three yeah. is amazing. I, I've heard disease for years and, you know, 20 years or whatever. And I didn't know that that was a sample from exorcist three. <laughs> and then listening to it today, I was like, ah, I, it, it like triggered me when I heard it in the movie to, to remember like, oh yeah, I've heard this so many times. Mm-hmm. And then hearing it uh, today in the album when I listening to it again was actually really kind of cool. Yeah. And, but of course for Halloween times, we just kind of had to go with the curse of the scarecrow. I mean, it very true. It's only fitting. Yes. And there are samples on this. I will say what I wrote down for most of them was I probably know what this is, but I cannot at this moment. I'm yeah, not sure. So many things were, were vaguely familiar, but it was fun. Like, did you, did you pick out any gray? I couldn't. There was one that I thought was from like, there's one that I thought was from like the first power maybe with Ludnam and Phillips. Whoa. Oh, and there's the, a Cthulhu reference yeah, yeah, yeah. on one. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I didn't, none of them jumped out at me, but I was like, It'd I was cool sitting there if, trying to figure them out too. I wonder if one of them, just when you said the first power, I've, I thought of Prince of Darkness. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's on there, but it'd just be cool. Yeah, I don't know. It just uh, made me think of it. <laughs> there's there's one where movie. they're talking about a warlock a bunch, and I'm like, there's no way this is from the movie Warlock. <laughs> right, it's a great movie. But, well, there there is an interview with Peter Nystrom where he he does say that he doesn't remember specifically what um, all of the samples were from. That they would just kind of sample at will. Uh, so I, I don't think that that log has been kept or credited. So I we can we can all rest easy knowing that we don't know where they and come then from. There's maybe maybe one of our listeners is yelling at their listening yeah. device They're right like, now. I made a blog it's about ob- the samples it's on that so, album. You guys, it's so obviously from, <laughs> and it probably is too. It probably is. Sure. Hey, you know what? Maybe we'll end up watching something this season uh, and then it'll really jog our memories and we'll be like, oh, duh, that's what it is. Who you know, knows? They're used to, one of the like early, fairly early internet things I remember was this website. I think it was Skinny Puppy Central. 
Nice. And they had a list. I'm, I want to go to that high school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had a list of all the samples and what song they were used in from Skinny Puppy yep. songs. That and sounds so right. Like sourced from right. like a mailing list or whatever. And I was like, this is so cool. I want to watch all these movies. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the Warlock video where it's all horror, all the video yeah. just a stuff yeah. cut million together. clips. Yeah. And again, done in the 80s, so very different time, very different vibes. Yeah, it wasn't done digitally. And very different <laughs> feeling mm-hmm. than when yeah. it was when these movies were taken much much more seriously. Right. Well, and they were harder to find. Again, like right. we talk about the artifact, like you, you really had to seek something. Well, but out. I even mean by the general public, for example, maybe a scene like in Zombie, where the pushing the eye yeah, through the splinter. In, yes. in the eighties, to the general public, that felt much worse and real than yeah. in our two thousand twenty. 4K restoration world. Yeah, which I love both worlds. I'm not. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I remember sort of the first obscure thing I recognized in the in that warlock video was uh, the maggot bath in Phenomena, aka Creepers. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I think I'd seen plenty of stuff, but maybe I just watched Creepers, and then I finally saw that warlock video, and I was like, oh, there's a scene from that movie, and there's, you know, there's so much stuff of classic stuff, but yeah, it's. I don't know. Go watch the Skinny Puppy Warlock video. That'll put you in a Halloween. Yeah, mood. yeah, yeah. But uh, but also listen to this awesome album. This is like so just industrial death, industrial dark ambient. You know, like yeah. And I mean, it's the, it, there. It is. Uh, d- just say the words death, industrial, and you're done. It really a hundred percent is down to the cover art, down to the use of like horror movie <laughs> primarily samples. It's a fully mechanized like there's just so many weird clanky mm-hmm. rhythms in it and a lot of grinding a lot of groaning a couple little moments of like synthesizer or you know what I like inter- synthesizer pretending to be a church organ or something bleeding through uh, such a cool thing and the album art is really great it's just like really dark green and black thing with a photo of a scarecrow laid over all these skulls and mm-hmm. I recognize those skulls, which is a fun what are thing. Those skulls? <laughs> what are those skulls from? Those skulls are from the Sedlec Ossuary in Kutnahora in the Czech Republic. Nice. Uh, about 45 minutes away from Prague. And uh, it was built, I think it was set as a burial ground in the, in the 14th century. And just filled with... Uh, the skeletons of the dead uh, in the like in like 1400s and 1500s from the Black Plague and the Hussite Wars. And in 1870, they hired a uh, an artist to arrange and stack and sort the bones, and he made all these artistic things. So it's the like famous, uh, you know, bone chandelier and these bone pillars, mm-hmm. and a lot of the photos you've seen of ossuaries, if they're not like rotting from the the catacombs in Paris, they're probably from Sedlec Ossuary in Kutnahora. And uh, it's it's a cool place. It's one that I've been to many times. Uh, Jan Svankmeyer made a like a ten minute documentary thing that's like fast cut footage of going through and, and focusing on all the bones uh, with like a tour guide narration <laughs> over it. Um, and it's it's uh I don't know it's cool it's cool to see him on there like I recognize all the stuff it's the, all the photos as far as I can tell every photo is from for this one ossuary and 
I would like to listen to this record there sometime. I was going to say, what a great. perfect setting <laughs> that would be for awesome. this album. Disturbance kicks us off, and disturbance might be a feeling you have when you're in one of those ossuaries. Just that empty, slow, death ambient opening. Just settle back, stare at the scarecrow. Here we are. It just... machine rumbles and grinding and it's yeah mechanized and slow death industrial the atmosphere just completely creeps and it start it just starts off like perfect it just goes on and you're stuck also in this track you get the first glimpse of disembodied voices which make their way through throughout the record they're not it's not on every track but you get the beginning here and it's they're under the waves. They're under the current. Yeah, they're they're whispering. They're obscured. And I really enjoy the way they do use samples because they are obscured at times um, and they come in really gently. So you don't it, it's not so shocking that it's like, you know, just dropping a sample in like they're they're blended really nicely um, and, and they work well. The album doesn't change a lot. There are changes that go on and there's there's developments throughout. but. You listen to this track, you are in, you know what you're in for for the rest of the album, mm-hmm. more or less. There's going to be ebbs, there's going to be flows, but I think this is a great introduction to this album to let you know the world that you are going to exist in for the next hour. Yeah, it's, it's just atmospheric, it's dark, it's industrial, and that's what you get. And I, since going with Curse of the Scarecrow, I was going with the machinery that we're hearing is old farm equipment. It's we're on a we're on an old oh. farm. I think that's and, your only choice really. Yeah. So we're in the cogwheel machinery and again there's these slow dark thuds that lead us in and the October air is filling the room. And then more rhythmic elements elements start to show themselves mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah, there's sort of a one two thud clang like loop that goes on and you get these almost like ghastly moaning vocal drone going, but then it, it adds to the rhythm. Like there's a slow, slow build of adding pieces to this rhythm that's going on and it really brings you in. And I think it's nice because the first piece is more really just dead death industrial. And then this track kind of brings it up to more of the rhythmic element. And that's one of those things that kind of continues on through it is the majority of these tracks will have either really minimal rhythmic elements or a little bit more fleshed out. Um, this cogwheel machinery does one thing. Like you said, there's, you're not here. You're not listening to, to dark ambient or death industrial for tons of variation. You're listening for a mood and an atmosphere. You're not going in and wanting every track to be different. That defeats the purpose. This is supposed to set a tone. You're supposed to be transported somewhere for an hour, not for six minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I like when, Albums like this have a consistent feel throughout. I'd rather not be jarred out of the atmosphere that I'm in. Yeah, so, yeah, it really it really takes you to a place. Yeah, and, I, I enjoy the vision. I know you were saying farm machinery. Um, I, I kind of like the the vision of like maybe the the organ of the ossuary is not filled with skeletons of dead people. Maybe it's skeletons of the living and they're being tortured. And then the cogs are just, you know, actually human beings being put through like this industrial grinder. Like this whole album has like this impersonal 
like industrial tone of just being, you know, overwhelmed by, you know, the darkness of not the individual of individual suffering, maybe, but but truly like being in the meat grinder. You know, in that ossuary, I think there's uh, the skeletons of over 40,000 people. And uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of bones. It's a lot of bones. Well, I wonder if the artist who put that together heeded Megaptera's advice to not desecrate the dead. Don't desecrate the dead. I don't know if that's true. I think think (laughs) think actually they totally desecrated. (laughs) On this one, I can hear the. On this one, I can hear the ground crack open and a heavy fog filling the the low areas, and ghosts or wisps of. like air from from inside the earth coming rising out, you get this like raising vapors kind of feel to it, and and expelling out into the world, and then you you add these metal clangs, and you just get this like this really nice rhythm. It, this one this one was like you know we're we're now thirteen minutes into the record, <laughs> and this one will stretch us out to the twenty minute length almost, and. This one here, I was like, oh, you know, the, the one thing it reminded me of, especially halfway through, there's sort of a, some symphonic elements that come in. Yes, mm-hmm. there's a there's a choir reveals itself at, at a certain point, and and then it and it fades back, and then they give you a little bit, and it yeah. fades back. Like it's it's really used successfully in this. It reminded me of uh, In Slaughter Natives, another cold meat band, and that's one of the things you know. Makeup Terra was there's sort of a landmark cold meat band you know the first tape was in what 91 on sound source which yes. is sort of a side label mm-hmm. of cold meat industry uh my introduction was i believe the absolute supper compilation this um, is the track that's on there yeah right? this is the track i think it, mm-hmm. it's yeah. it might be a different version or it's it maybe the exact same mm-hmm. i'm not sure um and it like what a what a thing like this this perfectly embodies their sound and just sort of to me that Swedish dark ambient death industrial sound uh, except this one as it goes on like I said there you get the little symphonic elements but then you get this like junkyard pull apart scrap kind of sound at the end of it but it's like not you know harsh noise scrap metal abuse it's like bones getting tossed aside while digging through a pile or something it sounds so yeah. cool I mean, Peter Nystrom, I think, summed it up um, in an interview when he said, I see my work as a mirror of this sick world that the human race has created and are now trying to destroy. Quite concerning. I think that's a good summation of the sounds of this track. The pace quickens on this with some of these these metal, the usage of some of the metal that you are discussing but not by much. We're not, you know, but just a little bit. It, it, it mm-hmm. we, we get a little more movement. And yeah, there's these spouts of breaking machinery and, and almost maybe breaking glass. Yeah, it's a it's a brighter sound. It's more like hammer and anvil, like metal and metal, like bright singing. Like, it, you know, it, it honestly reminded me of being at a forge. Um, like it has very much 
you know, the, the sound of a forge. I was like, is this the holy forge of man? Are they like tearing down a holy place? Are they desecrating the dead? Is that what we're hearing right now? And then kind of like ending with the sample um, of somebody, you can just kind of make out somebody saying, oh, it's the end of the world. And then the track kind of drops out. So it does have this just foreboding, ominous nature. And then, well, we're cursed by the scarecrow. <laughs> yes, yes. Wow, it's a big curse. It's a nine-minute curse. Yeah, my first words in my notes were more mechanized death. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the mechanics of the mill are turning at the beginning. The work is being done. The scarecrow is enacting his plan. And yes. We are... We're we're in it, and we have to exist with the curse of the scarecrow. Longest track, mm-hmm. possibly my favorite track. Yeah, on the could record. have been longer. It's fine. I was really happy with the length. It's definitely one of those records where the it's almost hard to pick out a favorite because it's the whole. It just needs to be experienced as a whole, honestly, and and it's also one I think when you're just listening to it. when we do our listens we're so focused looking at the track breakdowns looking at all that when you just put this on which we've done Mm -hmm. throughout the week with without focusing on when the track changes all this kind of stuff it really the whole thing just exists as one large piece yeah yeah i would agree with that in this focus listen this was what i would say is probably my favorite track and this really brought me to a place like it doesn't happen so much in California, but you know, when you, when you've been out and then the weather starts to change and you know, you need to get home quickly. Like I think yeah. the curse of the scarecrow really made me think of that. Or like, I remember once being out, you know, in the country and the sky tar- start turned green. Uh, and usually that's the sign of a tornado. And then everything had this like eerie green glow and everybody just knew like we have to get home right now because it's crazy and that's kind of how the curse of the scarecrow feels (laughs) um yeah we never had a scarecrow though guys we just hung pie plates they work just as well they're pretty cool scarecrows scarecrows are so cool they're so cool i always wanted one they're really amazing and i'm sure this one is um absolutely extra cursed maybe maybe their curses there's not even it doesn't even feel like there's a crop behind it it's just a scarecrow that's just there <laughs> you know this one i thought was kind of the most sample heavy track at this point in the record too there's really a lot yeah. of stuff going on all kind of added into the background you can't really tell it's telling a story but it's so murky and there is a there's some more symphonic elements in here too which carry through from the previous track and there's this like great kind of buzzing synth sound that just kind of hovers around in it um you know it's it it adds another layer of unease to all these sort of sounds like a different element introduced and it's just there to make you uncomfortable i agree and it is hard to decipher whether or not some of the sounds are coming from a sample or from a movie or they're being created especially the the some of the synth swells could be mm-hmm. from a movie or they Absolutely. could be being created in the studio. It is, it's a, it's a nice obscuring of the, 
angles. You but know? the hits too on the beats though, at the end though, they they don't have an echo and they aren't obscured. They're really absolutely in the forefront. And I thought that that was a nice, you know, juxtaposition for those like upfront, like reverb hits, no echo. Yeah. You mentioned could be from like a sample or something. And I think in more disturbance, that's really, really present is we're sort of carrying on in the same way we have been for the past few tracks with some rhythmic elements and samples, but more disturbance is a more active vibe on the first track with elements from the previous tracks blending into it. And there's almost like moments of like a television playing off in the distance or something like the sample is it it's, you know, uh, distorted soap opera theme music coming from far away or something is like the vibe it gives off. And it's it's made eerie and creepy in the context of the song, uh, like a snippet of a, a real real life or something. But there's a, this one's got a lot more grinding and like this sort of erupting hiss. There's like a filtered white noise sound on it that's really cool. Were you guys ever afraid of um, ghosts as a child? I'm sure as a child... I, I don't necessarily have any distinct memories of I think I was more I think I was more afraid of Freddy. Yeah, Freddy was scary. Yeah. I was definitely scared of Freddy. Uh when I was younger we had a video camera and uh we learned the like infinite video feedback loop of a camera pointed into an old CRT TV and you could it was oh. some like EVP thing where you could see ghosts' faces or whatever. So we did that and I definitely remember getting scared. <laughs> <laughs> once when wow. doing that of like oh there's a ghost I saw it but yeah that I would mean, be scary this this track reminded me of being afraid of ghosts like I remember just distinctively not wanting to go in the basement because I thought it was haunted I think also in this track that maybe gave you that feeling to me was actually the very end where that the rattling yeah that like the rattling's opens. great Yes. Yeah, it's like all the jars on your shelf have just started to rattle for no reason. Or it's like like things dropping into cans. Yeah, very, very scary. There's a This one reminded me sort of, and I, maybe I mentioned soap opera, but also like Phantom of the Opera like vibes for the, there's like some organ going. Well, right about in the, on the second half of the track that I, if I, mm. if I'm, correctly thinking of what you're discussing there is a tone kind of a two note tone that mm -hmm. comes in on the on the back end of the track that really elevates and really takes this track to another level i love that part yeah there's certainly more disturbance it just brings in more more and more and more disturbance and then when it fades away we get that rattle and it's just so so effective yeah I, I like the way that they you know bring a lot of layers on and then pull pull it back yep you know like you have you have tracks that have a lot going on but then they also you know bring in some minimalism which which i think <laughs> like in terms of like being being spooked it's quite effective yeah you want to talk about layers and stuff being pulled we got to talk about Hear My Bowels. This is my favorite track. This is this is someone being eviscerated. This is like the intestines being slopped onto the floor. There's it starts with a with a screams and a death groan and then there's these this glass breaking and just slurping, bubbling, disgusting uh physical sounds. And again, I 
feel like I've seen this. Cannot yeah, place right? where this is from. Totally. Hey, again, someone might just be yelling at their listening device. You guys talked about this movie on Home Time like three <laughs> weeks ago. You don't realize. It's out of context in, in a yeah. few seconds clip. It's But it truly sounds like entrails being eaten by zombies and a woman's entrails specifically because that's who's screaming no. But then there's that active swirl synth loop yeah. that comes in. So this becomes a pretty different sound that we haven't heard really up to this yeah. point. Yeah, real modulated. This made me think of, this is very Atrax. Um, yes, 100% probably actually. Probably why it's just my favorite. Kind of yeah. letting the synth go and mixed with sort of the horror movie sample uh, disemboweling vibe. Yeah, and it's, and it's a shorter track too. It's it's just three and a half minutes. But um, And of course, boy. Meg of Terror would work with Marco multiple yes. times, whether or not it'd be on comps, the deep inside 12 inch on slaughter. So mm -hmm. certainly a, a kinship between the two of, or the, the two projects and in interviews, Peters says just w such great things about Marco. Yeah, he said he was really easy to work with. They stayed in touch and he just had, you know, an overall great experience dealing with Marco. Yeah. You might even say they sort of had a kingdom of death together. Dude, uh, forced this, segue. Sorry, <laughs> I know I'm into it. I, it was a good segue. Oh, I love good. a good shoehorn segue. You know, I, I do feel like I, 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 I feel never... I really shoehorn the "Don't Desecrate the Dead" segue in uh, <laughs> in a in, in a way. I was pretty. I was patting myself on the back. For I that do one. feel remiss that because I didn't um, try to explain the members in this band, but you know, it's it's all a little bit complicated. But I I'm just gonna give a brief brief um overview of fantastic you know in in 91 uh the band was formed it was uh michael svensson and magnus aslund and pardon me for mispronouncing um their <laughs> names uh you know just pretend that i i'm saying them in the proper swedish way um so these guys formed the band and then that that same year peter nystrom uh, joined them so it started out as a duo he joined in the initial formation and then um, then uh, Magnus Aslund left to pursue other projects. Um, but then they also worked with another Magnus. His name is Magnus Sundström. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a little confusing for all of us because we have two Magnuses when generally we don't deal with any Magnuses <laughs> in our personal lives. Apologies um, to our Swedish listeners but in general, for being so... <laughs> So Apologies. bad with the names. And, um, but generally, Peter says that he inherited the band and, you know, he is kind of the consistent line um, throughout the, the life of the project. Um, so if we're discussing it, we, we're generally discussing things, that, you know, that Peter has just talked about in interviews. And Tara, what is a Megaptera? Okay, so whales are cetaceans and it's the cetacean genus comprising the humpback whale. So that makes so much sense that they would use Megaptera because the humpback uses those really cool sub frequencies and has these extended two to three hour songs um, that are that are complex and super interesting. So I'm assuming um, that that was absolutely and, you know, the idea of the natural ambience of that. Now, but I don't know. I'm not quoting, but that's that's where are, the name comes from. Are whales generally slow? Moving or are they fast moving? Do you know, Tara? I'm, I'm actually, it was I not a know. leading question. I'm actually just I asking. mean, they, they could swim. Some of them, like uh, the finback whale, I think is the fastest whale and it goes super fast. Yeah, I just think of, they go pretty fast. I think of. On his back. 
a giant whale being oh. slow and lumbering like the music. I guess oh. that's why I asked. No, they're very agile underwater. Okay. Like they, they, they get around. I mean, they're covering thousands and thousands of miles. Um, but yeah, humpbacks are, are super cool. And the reason that, you know, humpbacks are so popular, one, they look really distinctive. So whereas other whales, you have to like look at their fins and things to tell them apart. But humpbacks have that really distinctive look because they're baleen whales and they have the thing on the front and they breach the water um, a lot. So, you know, they're kind of a whale fan favorite because you can actually see them. Uh, I've seen many. Uh, you know, breach, breaching the water coming up and they're just really cool and distinctive. And there's Very that classic, cool. classic, uh, you know, thrift store, whatever dig dollar bin record, which is uh, songs of the humpback whale, which is their like mating calls and communication. Right. So it's these. Yeah. Aren't they insane? The, the yeah. males generally do the singing and they change like they sing the same song within their family group so they can recognize each other. But they kind of subtly morph and change and have completely changed over every two to three years. Um, and then also they'll try to sing to other species of whales. And when they do that, they'll sing a, a different song to the other species trying to like, you know, get their language in. Wow. Like it. Do you think any of these humpback whales lead other humpback whales into a kingdom of death? That's ah, six segue. <laughs> cool. Two segues. Into Double this song. segue to the same song. I love it. Double segue. Yeah, to I didn't this. hear any humpback whales. And I don't, I've never heard extra. any megaptera yep. with, with humpback whales. I doubt that they ever used humpback whales. I would not doubt um, that. You could, you could throw I'm, a maybe, on that, maybe. pitch it down and you got, God, you they sound so good. Some death yeah. industrial. Oh my God. If you pitched it down anymore, I would rattle your speakers off the shelf. This it is was so rattling bass our speakers, heavy. Actually. Yeah. Our speakers were getting a little rattly. Yeah. The with low this. frequencies on this album are really, really yep. good. Like you can, you can feel it. This is a, as a gut rattler. Kingdom of death actually has the heaviest drone. Yeah. On the on the record, I think it is. Mm-hmm. This one's the most full frequency, just like overwhelming drone, and more of that rhythmic clanking. Like like I said, it doesn't. Yeah, every track on this contributes to the whole. It's not you're not listening for one piece. You're listening for the whole exactly. the vibe of this thing to take over and light you an incense and close the shades. Exactly, and this yeah, that ominous fade that 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 f- flows in the scarecrow. The Scarecrow's kingdom grows and grows. The curse grows. The fluid night of the Scarecrow is here. And and yeah, this is combining elements we've heard throughout. But just like you said, Gray, it's it's not even about the individual track. It's about what we're feeling as a whole. And Mm -hmm. this is a great summation of what we've heard before. The last track, though... I think is a is a different coda. And this is happens to be the most frantic track, Skull Fracture. Oh yeah. This one is a little more chaotic than what we've heard before. This opens up with a quote about the black goat of the woods. Uh, and then noise crumbles up into the track. Yeah. So this one is actually pretty different from what we've heard before, I think. Yeah, and it has a hissing air escaping sound. Steam hisses. Yeah, absolutely. Just like it's... Like, as the scarecrow's curse... Yeah, maybe curse, it's being dissolved in acid. Who knows? The scarecrow's curse is becoming more chaotic now. 
And I distinctly heard something about the King Cthulhu. Is it this track? It is this track. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this but, this is the most active, frantic kind of smorgasbord. It's also the shortest track on the record, but yeah. it crams a lot in there. And it's like we're talking about you get a you get a vibe on the record, but this this caps it nicely too. This is the build of all of this stuff. This is the culmination of all the bones rattling that we've been hearing over the past fifty minutes. Industrial bones rattling. Yeah, and it's just a it's a chaotic, wild end to the night, which maybe is not where you thought it was going to go, but it is a really cool way to end. I think it's a very distinct way to end. I think it gives you something different to it puts you in a different place than, than where you started. Whereas maybe throughout the record, you're remain, you're remaining in a similar place. This one kind of shoots you out into a different place to end things. And I think it's really effective. Agreed. This is a really, really cool album. And I like, again, for this time of the year, it's just yes. perfect. Yeah. This one, I mean, I back to back this in disease today and I listened to this one a couple times actually today and it was the mood. It's the mood lit a, lit a candle with some earthy scents and threw this on. It's a little too <laughs> light out, but uh, otherwise just definitely hit the vibe. And it made me want to watch some like scarecrow horror. Like you we know. are, we got we're we have a couple lined up yep. for tonight. We'll so we're gonna figure out which one. We, we, you know, maybe throughout the weekend we will we will watch multiple. We got a few lined up because absolutely I'm in the zone for that from because of this album. I, and now I'm kind of thinking of like Children of the Corn too. Hey, that that's so a scary. great one. Yeah, yeah, it's it was scary and. I wish I had heard this in 98 because in 98 I lived on the top floor of like, and it was like the fourth floor and I looked out over a field and a barn owl used to eat its um, prey right above my window. So when I would look out at night, I could see mist and empty field and bits of bunny rabbits just falling in front of my window. You basically. That's like this album. <laughs> exactly. You basically had this album playing just like fur and guts un falling down constantly unfolding in front of you absolutely what else what else is some good music for this month gray what are some of the, what would be some other zones you would recommend people go in arkan satani brighter death now always and forever when you when you want the miserable stuff maybe a little mortis <laughs> definitely um, mortis oh yeah, right mortis. Memorandum, Machine in Zimmer 412 or MZ 412, yep. uh, depending. Yeah. Oh, music for Halloween night. Prurient music. Noise, 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 noise for Halloween for night. Noise for Halloween night. You, you got to have it going. You should Forgot pull out the classic uh, Disney Chilling Sounds of the Haunted House record. I've got these sound effects records called like More Death and Horror that's all just like like fully sound stuff for mm -hmm. horror and those are those are, it's like knife ripping through fabric scream afterwards whatever some of those CDs <laughs> you get at the Halloween stores are incredible too oh that's true They're like surprisingly good because <laughs> it's just ha haunted Halloween haunted house sounds screaming witches cackling you know, October also, I mean, aside from noise, always makes me want to listen to the cramps. Hey, no complaints over here. <laughs> yeah. 
Of course, it's time. <laughs> you have to. I'm. It's I'm true. Fully... I'm a human fly. Yeah. You know <laughs> <laughs> that goo goo muck. <laughs> Absolutely. Heck yeah. Yeah, I awesome. just uh, I just got the remastered Nine Inch Nails Quake soundtrack, and that one is like very Halloween fitting too. Nice. Should have put that yes. in the recent listening. Gave that, Not, gave well, that hey, a it's a, a a recent listening on the back end here. Yeah, yeah there we go. Little tail end uh, recent listening. I don't know that Nine Inch Nails needs any uh, help selling. Co- they don't. They don't need like a little a- extra push. Yeah, let's push Nine Inch Nails. Get buy directly from the artist. How do you do that? Which I think you did actually. Yeah, actually, it's I bought it from the Nine Inch Nails whatever web store, and it was shipped hey. from somewhere within Los Angeles. So who knows? Probably Great a job. merch fulfillment company, but uh, showed up. They have those nice mailers. You know the nice mailers where like that thing is protected. They have, they use those. Oh yeah. It's like Very inside nice. a smaller thing to secure it inside of a larger thing with enough cushion around all of it. So even if your postman throws it like a shuriken to your front porch, your record's fine. Love it. The hospital packaging recently has been it's like been that, really especially good. the past year or two. I love Just, that gray like is into the packaging. packaging in, I, in, yeah. yeah, it's great. And I've it's got great a ton because of extra you can use mailers it. to use. Yes. It's beautiful. So right? yeah, because, yeah, I love yeah, it when they don't I, seal them. I'm like, thank you. I that is so kind. I a bunch of stuff yeah. in them uh, yesterday. Tara and I both <laughs> did. We, we packed. Absolutely. Mail day. Yep. Well, you know, I think everybody has enough suggestions to... Let the spirit fill them. And we will continue on. Well, if they have any other good ones, they can, you know, reach out. Tell us about it. We'd love to hear it. We will continue on October with more October themed and feeling records. So stay tuned and keep that Halloween spirit alive. And Listen to Megaptera, the curse of the scarecrow. And any and all Megaptera. Like I said, that horse in the art. Horse in the Eye is part of the art is great. It's like a more recent release. Just any, just any of it. Any of it's you're, you're going to give you the death industrial fix you need. And they're not difficult to attain. They are attainable, will, especially since we will be putting a link up to the Megaptera Bandcamp. So buy directly from the artist, support, and fill your homes with the Halloween spirit. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.